Hello and welcome to Finch Shots Daily. In today's episode, we talk about MRF and look at this historic 1 lakh mark through a different lens and offer some theories for you to mull over. Earlier this week, MRF shares hit the magical six-figure mark. It's the first company in India to achieve this feat, and everyone's going berserk and celebrating the moment. Now, we're not here to analyze whether the stock is actually expensive or cheap. Rather, we want to tell you why MRF is probably the chosen one to hit this favorable mark. Sure, one reason is that the company has delivered consistent growth in revenues and profits over the years, but so have a lot of others. So what if we were to posit that it's the first to hit this mark because it hasn't indulged in a practice adopted by most other companies, a stock split. Think of it this way. Assume that a company has issued 100 shares. These shares trade in the market for 100 rupees. Now the company might decide that it looks too expensive to investors, so it announces a 10 is to 1 stock split. This means that if an investor held one share of the company worth 100 rupees, they would wake up one day and find that they now have 10 shares worth 10 rupees. The investment is still worth 100 rupees. The overall value hasn't changed, but the shares look cheaper and become attractive to some investors. It could drum up interest and raise the prices, and most companies resort to this. HDFC Bank and Reliance Industries included. So maybe if these biggies had never resorted to a stock split, they would have been the ones who had first breached the one lakh mark. We don't know, but this brings us to the next question: Why didn't MRF ever choose to split its shares? The last time it resorted to something akin to a stock split was way back in 1975. So didn't it want to see a mad frenzy for its shares? Well. We couldn't find any interviews from the top brass that spills the beans. The reason for this isn't explicitly out there, so we'll speculate a bit. And we have a couple of theories. Maybe it is sentiment. Take the case of Warren Buffett, who has never split the stock of his company Berkshire Hathaway. It trades at over five hundred thousand dollars, which is four point two crore rupees a pop. A few years ago, Buffett had said. I can gear my whole life by the price of Berkshire. What he probably meant was that his entire adult life revolved around building Berkshire Hathaway into the behemoth that it is today. And every little milestone in his life can be easily tied to the price of Berkshire's shares. The day he bought his first car, he knows Berkshire's price was X. The day he bought his first house, he's well aware that Berkshire's price was Y. The day his first child was born, he has it etched in his memory that Berkshire's price was Z. Sure, you could argue that even after a stock split, you can assign the prevailing price to a milestone, but it's just not the same emotionally. The share price isn't really growing alongside the growth in your life. For instance, let's say the stock price was five hundred dollars while buying a car, but then a month later you decided to conduct a five is to one split. The price falls to hundred dollars. and then you have your first child it kind of loses that sentimental value doesn't it maybe the same can be said about mrf2 see the company was founded in 1946 and went public in 1961 today it's the third generation of the family who holds the reins to this tire empire the current md rahul mamin is the 44 year old grandson of the founder of mrf and that means rahul mamin's whole life has been geared to the stock right from when he was an infant his growth is mirrored by the growth of the stock 
and that could be quite sentimental, right? Or maybe it's something else entirely. Maybe it's vanity. A few years ago, Sanjay Bakshi, who was then an adjunct professor at Management Development Institute, Gurgaon, wrote an article about MRF. And he used the idea of the peacock's tail to explain his thinking. He said that although the peacock's tail was extremely beautiful, it could be a handicap because its weight and length could slow down the bird when it has to escape from predators. The tail makes its life more difficult. Now apparently, if a peacock is able to survive in the wild with the most beautiful and long tail, it sends a message to its female counterpart that it is able to survive against all odds, that despite having the handicap of this bothersome tail that can attract predators, it is still winning the fight. And that handicap actually makes the peacock seem more attractive for mating purposes. The big tail signals high quality. Probably that makes this peacock quite vain too. So Professor Bakshi's question was, does MRF's high stock price over the long term also work like a peacock's tail and signal high quality to potential investors? Well, he believes that it just might be the case because investors might assume that it's going to be hard for a stock to jump from 10,000 rupees to 11,000 rupees, that the additional 1,000 rupees of upwards movement will probably take time and effort. They might believe that it's easier for a stock to rise from 100 rupees to 110 rupees. It's just 10 rupees after all. People tend to look at this movement in absolute terms, even if effectively both indicate a 10% rise in price. And so they believe that it will require more energy to push an already high price stock even higher. It's a handicap. The end result of this could be that only high-quality and discerning investors might choose to put their money into such high-priced stocks. The others stay away. And maybe that's just the kind of investors that MRF wants too. The ones who are attracted by its handicap of high price. The ones who believe that MRF actually signals high quality. Or put another way, maybe MRF is actually using its high price to select set of investors it desires. Again, let's look at Warren Buffett's thinking about this. Here's what he wrote way back in 1983 in a letter to shareholders when Berkshire Hathaway was trading at $1,300. Were we to split the stock or take other actions focusing on stock price rather than business value, we would attract an entire class of buyers inferior to the existing class of sellers. Those who think so and who would buy the stock because of the split or an anticipation of one would definitely downgrade the quality of our present shareholder group. There's some vanity in there, right? And this high price creates a cult in itself. Just to be clear, we don't know the real reason as to why MRF didn't split its shares. We're just hypothesizing here. We could be completely wrong. But tell us, what do you think about all of this? Thank you for listening to today's episode. And if you want to share your feedback or suggestions, do drop us an email to hi at the rate finshots.in. Until next time.